Yes, yes, yes. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Taproom Sports Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Stacks. Join with my guy, Mr. AK Aaron Kidd. What's up, Aaron? How are we doing tonight? Jordan, doing great, man. I, uh, Me and my buddy Adam Trigger have been cashing some AAA today. So yes, 3 0 to start the evening. So that's always a good uh, good sign after cashing a KBO move on the Kia Tigers this morning. So starting off great here tonight. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Jordan? I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, we'll be doing better if the Padres can pull this out and the Mariners can pull this out. Marlins let me down, but that's nothing new there. They do that pretty often, so I'm used to it. Uh, but man, I, I actually did tell you on the uh, Padres as well, so I'm, I'm rooting for the Padres for you as well, bro. They should have at least four runs. Tatis got robbed of a two-run bomb, then they had runners on second and third, no outs, and of course, couldn't score a run. So. Here they are. Typical Padres, dude, right? Um, Man, with that being said, got an excellent show on deck. We're going to be breaking down some uh, couple games. But, you know, first, this is really the first time AK's been on since the trade deadline passed. He's also invested in the Diamondbacks, and the Diamondbacks have very been skidding a lot. And so I really wanted to get his opinion on, on the, di- the state of the Diamondbacks here in Arizona. So, um, before we get to that, everybody make sure to subscribe to our YouTube, youtube.com slash at taproom sports podcast. Also twitch.tv slash taproom sports. Get notified when we go live. We appreciate y'all for hanging out. If you're in the chat, let us know. If you have any questions, let us know. We'll be happy to answer them. So with that being said, AK, the floor is yours on the D-backs, man, because it, it's been a painful few weeks here. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, Jordan, I would actually say it's been, yeah, about a painful month and a half. Um, you know, they were one of the hottest teams coming out <clears throat> first couple months of the season. Um, started fading a little bit there in June, but um, the the last, uh, I guess you will say, call it six weeks, have just been excruciating. Um, I, <laughs> I actually have played the Diamondbacks a few times this week, just just almost like being pot committed, right? Like, they've got to win one, win one right? Yeah. Um, and they've had some excruciating losses uh, early on in the season. They're one uh, – uh, the knock on them, if you will, was, well, besides outside of Kelly and uh, Gallon, they don't have starting pitching. And actually, oh, by the way, they don't have relief pitching either. Actually, they've been pitching great as of late. Yep. Uh, the starters and the bullpen, they made a couple moves uh, – at the deadline, you know, picked up Suwald, who hasn't even had opportunity to close a game yet. But they <laughs> they they got rid of Chafin and a few others, moved some people around, and, 
And, you know, when I'm looking back here in the last eight games, they haven't allowed over four runs. So, you know, they've been pitching well. If you go back and look at some of those early games early in the season, you know, they were winning games eight to six, nine to seven, nine to five. I mean, they, they were they were having to out hit people. Well, quite the opposite has happened now. They're pitching with the best of them. They just can't hit the ball. You know, the whole team's in a slump. They've kind of moved the the rotate. Uh, I mean, excuse me, the, the lineups around. They've tried Perdomo leading off. They tried a couple times at Carroll leading off, and and then there's hold. They'll sit Marte and they'll give Christian Walker days off, and then then they just have nothing. Right, bottom half of that lineup's not hitting. They bring Tommy Pham uh, over from the Mets. You know, hoping to get a bat. Um, Gurdiel is finally hitting. He's actually had a couple home runs in the last couple of games, but the problem is they're solo home runs. I was so infuriated. I was on the Diamondbacks. Um, I'm thinking it was Tuesday night, and they lose. They go up three to nothing yep. off of three solo home runs. Now they could have had anybody on base, you know, take a couple competitive at bats, get a walk, you know, whatever. That should, game should be five to nothing, six to nothing. They end up losing that game four to three. Uh, kept galling in, uh, uh, maybe a third of it in too long. My point of all that is the team is just completely flipped. They've got pitching going on now, but now they just can't seem to hit the ball at all. And a team with that much speed, um, probably as far as speed, probably one of the fastest teams in the league, uh, in my opinion, you know, with Carroll and some of those guys, all that they got to do is get on base. And it seems like Corbin Carroll's the third base, you know, right after he gets on base. They just can't hit right now, Jordan. So, sorry for the tangent, but oh, Diamondbacks good. are a team that's near and dear to my heart. Um, my biggest uh, – Your biggest what? Uh, I said, that, that, you know, they're my biggest regular season uh, uh, investment, uh, you know, as far as the future goes. I have them for – a lot <laughs> at over 75 and a half wins. Um, I actually have some on 74 and a half wins as well. But my point of that is I follow this team ever since the end of last season and they just don't seem to have any energy. No, right. Like, <laughs> like I've watched every second of like every game up until tonight, like the last nine or 10 games, probably every pitch and they just don't seem to have any energy. So sorry for my tangent, but um, very frustrating team right now, Jordan. Yeah. It's um. You know, we were talking the other night, and I feel like that Lourdes Goriel, his downfall is kind of when the Diamondbacks started plunging in, in June because he came into June, he was hitting like 352. Well, in July or in June, he hit 190, and in July, he only hit 170. So it's really like that's kind of the encompassing thing of like of their 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 turnaround really and, and a big part of that is because you have Perdomo, Marte, and Carroll as your top three. And it's like you need production after that. Like you you have to get some kind of production because or else people they're just gonna pitch around those guys, right? Like Perdomo's still hidden. Marte's still hidden. Carroll he's he has like slipped a little bit, but I mean he's still getting on base. He's still hitting a little bit. But Guriel's uh his regression has absolutely destroyed that team. And like you said, Christian Walker as well. You know, uh, Evan Longoria was hitting really well. He, I don't, I think he's hurt right now, which he is, is and has been. Yeah. And, and so, Jordan, I'll, I'll finish answering your question with this. As somebody that follows this Diamondbacks team closely, um, without looking it up, I can't tell you exactly when it was, but if I had to guess, it was probably around July fourth. Um, they go into Toronto, right? 
And at this point, the Diamondbacks have, I think it was a four or five game lead in the NL West, right? right? And they go in Toronto and they're like, okay, you know, the Blue Jays were hitting at the time. The Blue Jays were not that far out of the AL East either. They were way ahead of the Orioles at this point. They're catching up on the Rays. Everybody's like, okay, you know, this is a big series between the Diamondbacks and the Blue Jays, right? Diamondbacks go to Toronto and just get fucking murdered, right? Just murdered. I I, I can't remember the scores, but I, they were like 10 to 1, 9 to 2, 7 to 3, right? Whatever it was. Yeah. They just get manhandled. And it was like, I, I don't know if it was a coming to earth moment, right? Like we realized who we think we are now or, or, or we're not who we thought we were, right? And ever since that uh, series, it's just been downhill from there, man. Yeah, no, it really has. It's uh, It's been shocking. And, and now, I mean, it, it would basically take a miracle for you not to hit your win total. But, I mean, like, you know, it is. we only have a month and a half left of the season and you still need – 17 18 wins and at the pace they're at right now are you are you even a little bit worried that this might uh this is going to be a sweat what looked like it was going to be a no sweat oh full transparency it the thought has crossed my mind but i say all of this to say this i do think at some point there's going to be a bet on right that as much negative regression as we've seen from them <clears throat> There's some positive left in there, right? Evan Longoria gets healthy. Tommy Pham settles in. You know, Tommy Pham um, made the comment the other day, the Arizona Diamondback Stadium is one of the only stadiums he's never hit a home run in, right? Oh, shit. And so, and so you know, you, you know that's there. And um, you get guys like your boy uh, um, from the A's, uh, what, Jace Peterson? Yeah. Uh, and you get McCarthy back swinging the bat. Some of these guys at the bottom of the lineup, <clears throat> these seven, eight, nine guys can start hitting the ball a little bit. You know, I, I'll say this. I I loved getting the closer, getting Sewald from the Mariners, but I texted you actually and said, I hate it we had to give up Canzoni. Yeah. Right? And he was really starting to come around in that sixth, seventh hole. Um, and and I'm trying to remember. We were on them, what, last Saturday? Yeah, it was against right? the Mariners actually. It was against the Mariners. That's right. It was against the Mariners. And you remember Canzoni was the one that provided us with the life, right? Yep. He hits a a, a a shot the right field and, and gave us some life and, uh, of course, ended up coming back and winning that game. Um, and I said, man, I said, you know, out of all the people that they traded and gave us, that's the one person I really didn't want to give up. So uh, so to answer your question, I, I, I haven't started to sweat it yet, but, you know, we start trickling down to mid-August, you know, end of August – yeah, maybe a different story. Yeah, it'll be uh, interesting. I mean, in June we thought for sure we thought it was going to cash by August. You know, yep. We were like, "Oh, this is going to be a no sweat for this over." Um, was there any? What was some good moves for the trade deadline for you? Like, who were some winning teams at the trade deadline? Who were some losing teams, in your opinion? Okay, I'll start with my New York Yankees. <laughs> right. If anybody follows the show, I am a Yankees fan. Dog shit. I don't try to I don't try to be that Yankees fan if that makes sense, right? Like you don't see me on Twitter or, or social media just blasting about the Yankees and things oh, like Yankees that. Yankees Twitter is I, the most toxic ever. It, yeah, so I try not to be that guy, right? It's, it doesn't make me any less of a fan or any more of a fan than anybody else. I just I try not to be that guy. I I I thought that they either had to go left or they had to go right, and they just went back, yeah. right? 
there there's there's many ways they could have attacked it uh and they just didn't it was almost like we're gonna sit back and see what we can get for some rentals or you know we're gonna want the world for this guy or this bad contract and then okay we're just not gonna do anything right um you know uh as far as people that I, i thought may have did pretty well um i i i I actually, and I know you didn't like this move, but I like the Orioles kind of staying put, right? Uh, it's not that I don't, I didn't like it. It's just the fact that you know I explained it on this on Sunday show too. It was it was more or not Sunday show Tuesday show. It was more so the fact that it's like you're the best team in the AL right now, and you have one deficiency, and it's your starting rotation, right? And obviously, like you don't want to jeopardize your future. For some for a rental player, but at the same time, there's like no guarantee you're ever going to be this good again. Like you know, what if Adley were to get hurt next year? God forbid, or something happens to Gunnar Henderson, or you know, there's just you, you can't just predict the future. You know what I mean? And I think when you have an opportunity to go do something, I think you you should go do it. And like the fact that Verlander and Scherzer, you know, well, let's go back. I think the Angels absolutely fucked up the trade market trading for Giolito. They gave up two of their top three prospects for a a dude they're only going to have for two months, a rental player. Gave up two of their top prospects, and I think that screwed the entire market up because now every team that was selling a starting pitcher is like, well, you know, this is what Giolito got, so this is the start. This is the beginning, right? Outside of Scherzer, who had a $40 million contract in Verlander, right? But even Verlander got two top three prospects for Houston, now, the problem with Baltimore is two of their top three prospects are way better than every other team's two of their top three prospects. So it makes no sense for Baltimore to go get a guy like Verlander or Scherzer or Giolito because they're rental players. Now, the talks are heating up with Dylan Cease, and I was like, now that's that's something that's interesting because Dylan Cease is under club control for a few years. So not only are, do you get him this year, but you get him beyond. And then I'm start. Then I started to hear that they want Jackson Holiday. I'm like, all right, well, this is just this is stupid. Like, I wouldn't trade Jackson Holiday for C, especially the way he's pitching this year. Um, but I also yeah, he's been terrible. He has, and I also think part of Mike Elias's thought process too is like, okay, we got Grayson Rodriguez back, and Grayson Rodriguez has been great. So maybe that's our ace. You know what I mean? And I think that could be something. And it's crazy because like everyone shits on Dean Kramer, but he wins. You know, he keeps his team mm-hmm. in ball games. And then, uh, you know, hopefully Tyler Wells gets his arm, gets the fatigue out and comes back strong in the stretch run, and maybe you can use him, you know, in the bull, uh, out of the bullpen. But at the same time, you only need to get to the seventh inning. And then you got some of the best relievers in baseball to close the game out. And I think that's the big thing that Mike Elias is looking at. We don't need a couple aces. We just need a lead going into the sixth, seventh inning. We'll be all right. So I don't, I don't hate what the Orioles did. I just thought that they could have done more. And, and Flaherty was great in his first start. You know, and if they get that Flaherty that oh, was yeah. once a Cy Young mm-hmm. contender, I mean, he could come back to form. You know, this is only his, like, what? He came back middle of last year from Tommy John. So it's he's yeah. not that far removed. So, I mean, hopefully you can get something positive from him. And and, and to your point, Jordan, that's kind of the seg- segue I had for you there set up with – I think the Orioles didn't lose by not selling, right? You didn't yep. give up Jackson Holiday. You didn't give up any of the younger guys, Westberg, Gunnar Henderson, you know, any we can go on Allie Rushman. None of those guys to 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 try to mortgage your future. But also 
I, I know we never like to talk about the sellers at the deadline, right? It's not pretty. It's kind of ugly, actually. I personally do not have a penny on White Sox futures coming into this season, but a lot of sharp friends of mine did. Um, they were really high on that White Sox team, and I wasn't necessarily not high on them. I just wasn't high enough to place a future on them, but I have tried riding them some during the year, and, and gosh, they know they've left me down too many times. <laughs> but I will say, man, I, I think they the fact that they finally said, okay, I'm going to wave in the white flag, right? It just hasn't worked. It, it didn't work. And uh, something I looked up before the show, they landed five out of the top nine. If you were to – all the prospects that were traded, you were to grade them from one to nine in uh, the top 100 prospects, they got five out of the nine that were moved. Yep. It's a way to rebuild a farm system, man, and and, and, and try again, right? Yep. No, I agree. I, I do think that they messed up not trading Tim Anderson, though, because Tim Anderson's yep. a free agent. You know, I, I think teams uh, could have used him. I also thought like they started saying like, "Oh, we're gonna listen on Lou Bob and, and Dylan Cease." And like, I I would I look at Lou Bob and I'm like, "Okay, that dude's untouchable, right?" But you know, you could sit down and listen and see what a team has to offer. Because what if they give you you know a haul for that player? Talk about rebuilding your farm because you know we're three years into this White Sox team and like they've underachieved more and more every single year. So with that being said, I just thought. You know, yeah, they waved the white flag. They probably did it a year too late, but at least they got you. Like you said, like they got a nice haul for Giolito, who's a, mm-hmm. a average pitcher at best. Um, and then you get rid of Lance Lynn for whatever you can get. Basically, if you could get a Pepsi machine, that would be great. Because I mean, that's what he's <laughs> worth. But yeah, I, th- I think they did a good job. Jake Berger actually got a really good return too. Yep. Um. So yeah, man, hats off to the White Sox. I also thought the Mets did a good job, even though they had to shell out money for, for the salaries, but at least they got, you know, some good prospects for those guys. Cause I don't think I, I talked about Scherzer before. I didn't think Scherzer had any trade market um, yep. based on what the return was with Texas. And then Verlander obviously had a no trade clause. So he got to really dictate where he wanted to go, but you know, getting back to the top three prospects from the Astros organization for a 40 year old pitcher who only is only under contract for one more year. I thought the Mets did a great job. And, and we talk about, waving the white flag, like, they finally realized it, too. They were like, yo, this ain't it. And they're going to pack it up and move on to 2025, apparently, what what Scherzer said the GM told him. Yeah, at the earliest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I also thought, uh, to your Yankees' point of a loser, the Giants. Yep. Thought they were losers. I didn't. They made some marginal moves, like getting AJ Pollock, who like couldn't even find playing time in Seattle. Probably would have been DFA'd. Um, they just they made very Farhan type moves, dude. They just made these like super marginal moves for these guys that aren't going to play a lot, but might be good platoon players. But I thought they could have made some noise, man, because they're right there. They're they have the wild card right now. They're only like three games back for the division. You know, like I thought they could have gone out and got a starter, whether it be, you know, Jordan Montgomery or, uh, you know, one of those other rental players. I thought that would have been huge for the Giants. And I thought that would have really put them at the forefront because I don't know what it is about that team, AK, but they just find ways to win, dude. <laughs> and they win the ugliest games. And they're games. doing it pitching bullpen games like every <laughs> like fourth game. Like they basically said, okay, we're not going to get a starter, yeah. right? Or, or much less get two starters that we really need. We're just going to pitch bullpen games every fourth day and fifth day. Yep. It's insane. Just, it's, dude. it's insane. 
And it works, so it works. And it works. I, I Hey, look, I'm the first one to say that I will come on here and say I have lost money fading. Yep. It's been it's been crazy, man. And But that's kind of how Farhan is, dude. He came from, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, Billy Bean. Like, he learned under Billy yep. Bean. And he's all about those platoon stats and matchups and heavy analytics. So, I mean, it works. But you're right. I mean, how taxed is that bullpen going to be by October, though? But I feel like we've been saying that since, you know, May. Yeah. <laughs> the Giants bullpen is taxed, right? I know. It's like every third day I'm like, I'm like, bro, we got to fade the Giants because they have, like, no relievers available today. But then Logan yeah, and- Webb goes out there and pitches eight innings. <laughs> you know, saves the bullpen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was just day. an excruciating. Actually, back to the first part of the segue about the Diamondbacks, that was excruciating loss. Top of the first, Diamondbacks go up 2 nothing. We're like, okay, Logan Webb, you know, here's some regression coming for him. Um, and then, you know, if you got the plus one and a half, you lose four to two, just just excruciating. So and they didn't get a hit for like seven, six innings after that, too. Yep. Uh speaking of the Giants, though, the Sacramento River Cats up three to nothing in the bottom of the third right now with the guys on the corners. Hey, so let's hey, go, River Kitties. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this though about triple A. No lead is safe in triple A. Actually, we just got a, we just scored again. Uh, we just hit another single that scored the guy from third. So uh, four nothing. Oh yeah, actually with KBO as well, Jordan. So yeah. you, I, I, you've kind of started following KBO, hanging out with me recently, and uh, no lead is safe there either. No, it's insane. But man, losing that River Cats game the other day, what was it Sunday or two Sundays ago? They were up five in the bottom of the ninth and give up a six spot and lose the game. <laughs> Oh, it gets even better. If you remember, we were up by nine going into the bottom of the eighth inning. Yeah. They allowed four runs in the bottom of the eighth and then five in the bottom of the ninth. And, and I, I just thought about trashing my entire house. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was uh, – I was like, I can't bet AAA for like a week after that, dude. I had to I had to seriously – oh, my God, the Angels tied the game. Yep, I didn't I, – I'm sitting here watching it, and I didn't even want to bring it up to you. On a Mike Moustakis three-run home run, of course. Yep. Unbelievable. So, Jordan, uh, before we get into breaking down some big game breakdowns, man, uh, this AAA ride has been fun. And, uh, you know, me and good friend of mine, Adam Trigger, good friend of the show, we've been uh, kind of really nailing some AAA. But, you know, it's kind of gotten funny. If you, if you guys remember during the COVID season, uh, like when KBO was like the only thing on, right? Remember ESPN was like, we're, we'll put one game on a day and yeah. before the KBO and ESPN had their feud, like it got impossible to get like, like an adult bet down. Right. And, and so that's kind of how triple A is getting, like we're getting cut off and limited like everywhere on triple A because it, it, it's such a sharp market that like one decent sized bet can like move the line like 30 cents. So oh, yeah. you've got to just be ready to fire. Like, and like the drop of a dime. Yep. What was the beef between KBO and ESPN? I can't remember, man. It, it's it's pretty elaborate, but like KBO basically ended up like taking away their international rights from TV. So that's why you can't watch KBO on like like normal sports channels. That's like terrible for the game, though. Yep. That's yep. Like, that's but like if a- you remember during the COVID season when they were the only ones playing, ESPN was playing one gate game a day. Yeah. That's just so. Way to just kill your game. That's like something the NBA would do. So as a joke, like my attempt at humor, right? Uh, I try to always be the comic relief in group texts and things like that. But um, 
I, I put on my uh, Twitter bio for a while that I was an advocate for KBO international rights. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, like it. Love it. All right, let's talk some games for tomorrow, AK. Um, let's start with uh, Atlanta and Chicago. So just for full transparency here, there's not a lot of uh, announced pitchers for tomorrow. So we only have a select handful of games to really pick from. Um, so we're going to talk three that we picked out. First one's Atlanta and Chicago. Atlanta won 8 to nothing today in Chicago. Basically, they scored all their runs in one inning. Uh, just an absolute meltdown by Kyle Hendricks, you know. Somehow the under hung on though. That was cool. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, Max Freed after coming back from pitching for the Gwinnett Stripers, and actually he kind of got knocked around down in AAA. Oh, he got uh, shelled every start. Yep, and uh, he comes out and just pitches a gym today. Just, just to, you know, to the credit of the variance of baseball. Uh, <sighs> You know, here's the thing. It looks like the Elder will go for the Braves tomorrow, and I, yep. I still haven't found who's going to go for the Cubs tomorrow. Javier Assad for the Cubs. Okay, there you go. This Braves team, man, it, it, as a contrarian better, you know, everybody's like, everybody's going to try to find the spot this week, right? This weekend with the Cubs. Yep. And, and, and this is what I will tell you take it for face value. The Braves are a very, very good team. And Unless it's like the spot before the All-Star break when the Braves were like, uh, you know, we've got a billion guys in the All-Star game. You know, do we really care? The Rays have lost a couple games straight. That's a perfect spot for the Rays, right? Um, unless it's that, I- I'm not looking to get in front of this Braves team right now, Jordan. Uh, how-, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to bet against them and I lose every time, so... <laughs> But on the flip side, when I bet on them, they lose too. So it's like I can't, I just can't gauge that team. So, you know, I just, I don't know. They're just a tough team to gauge, man, because like their bullpen is pretty mid. So, like, if you can get to their bullpen early, they're definitely a beatable team. But at the same time, it's like they could put up six runs in any given inning. You know what I mean? And that's, that's a tough thing to bet against, dude. Like, you know, the Brewers go in there with a good pitching staff, good bullpen, and, Dude, they give up like 14 runs a game in that series. You know what I mean? So it's 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 just a difficult team to handicap. Like the Braves have the best offense in all of baseball. They have the best lineup, hands down. But they definitely have deficiencies, AK, for sure. Like they're not a perfect team. And I think that's where you got to hang your hat on. So you just have to hope you get a good number and bet the number. Don't bet the team. Bet the number. Yeah. And I think that's, that's my best advice. Uh, as far as tomorrow, like... Javier Assad's been great, but he's been pitching out of the bullpen lately. But his last three appearances, he's given up zero earned runs. If you remember, uh, on Monday we played uh, the Cubs and Stroman. Stroman was awful, gave up six runs. But then Javier Assad comes in, pitches five innings of no-run ball, and lets the Cubs get back into it. So, you know, I think this could be a good spot to fade Atlanta, to be honest. Am I going to do it? Probably not. But Bryce Elder... Not high on him at all, AK. The dude is uh talk about a guy for that's due for regression. It's Bryce Elder. You know, I faded him against the Red Sox. The Red Sox won that game, which was good. Julio Rodriguez finally hit with a runner on base. <laughs> and he hit a home run. Shout out to Julio. J Rod, let's go. Uh but Bryce Elder, for example, AK, three point one eight ERA, four point two three X fit. So definitely some some regression coming. 
uh, 4.48 Sierra. So obviously he has a, a 270 Babbitt. Um, he does have a low whip, 1.19. Doesn't walk a lot of guys, but his K numbers are 17%, which is below league average. Things you don't like to see, honestly. Ground ball percentage, uh, where's this ground ball? 53%, 28% fly ball. So his his statistics tell you, like, this guy's just an average pitcher at best. And he has, like, a very low ERA right now. So there's definitely regression coming. It's when you find the, that regression. Um, and I think that, you know, this could be the spot because the Cubs are hot. They get shut out today. They got to bounce back. Well, yeah, and, and there's always a lot of factors, man. When you get shut out in a game like that where, you know, the Cubs are pretty hot coming into it, you can always, you know, they they say lose the game twice, right? So a, a spot that if I had to get in front of them, you know, you're like, Aaron, we just we got to get in front of the Braves, which we've done before. I would say let's look for Sunday when Charlie Moore is on the mound against Steele. Let's see what happens tomorrow, right? And if Braves is coming there and just lay it to him again, might be a spot to jump in on the Cubs. But my problem with the Cubs, and I've talked to many people about this, is like, what do the Cubs do great? Hit like, the ball. They don't. They don't. They don't do a lot of things bad, right? They just don't do a lot of things great. They're just kind of they're kind of a middle tier team to me that you know is is playing in a very bad division this year. I, I think they're a a really good offense. They've been hurt all year. And they're getting guys back now. Like, Madrigal hasn't played in a while. He's back. They also went and got Candelario, which I think was a huge pickup. Um, I mean, I, I like the Cubs offense. And I also think they have one of the best pitching staffs in this division, too. It's just, you know, it doesn't matter how good your pitching is. The Braves are going to be able to hit it. You just got to be able to hit the Braves pitching, right? And I think they can. The Cubs came into the day. They have the highest WRC plus against right-handed pitching since June. Um and then for the entire season, their WRC plus against right-handed pitching, their ninth 106 WRC plus 160 ISO. So basically, you know, that's what they, they hit righties really well. Now, your point on Justin Steele and, and Morton, I don't really love that Steele play because the Braves are the best team against left-handed pitching in the league. They absolutely fucking shell lefties, dude. That scares me. <clears throat> Against left-handed pitching, AK the uh, Braves this year, a uh, one thirty-two WRC plus for the entire season, dude. <laughs> a two forty-one ISO. <laughs> That's unreal. That's insanity. Padres tied it up. Runners in the corners, bottom of the fourth. Maybe we can get another run here across Jordan. Who's helped to bat? That's the problem. They're going. Uh, We've got uh, oh, the 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 man himself, Trent Grisham, just grounded into a fielder's choice to end the inning. No, no there's two outs. That was who. Yeah, <laughs> Kim's up the bat. Let's get a base hit here. They're pulling Bobby Miller right now. Yeah. Um, and then Atlanta too. AK in the last month of the season, Atlanta on the road against right-handed pitching, 83 WRC plus 161 ISO. And if you remember, they went into Boston and they weren't good against Boston. Fenway's a very friendly hitter park, right? And they like could not hit. So I, I do think that the Braves are somewhere in the middle of that Brewers and Red Sox series, right? Like they're not going to score 10 runs every game and they're not going to score one run every game. 
So you just have to hope that you can score enough runs. And I think Bryce Elder is a guy that the Cubs can absolutely show. I think that's the guy. I actually like the Cubs tomorrow. I'm talking yeah, myself I into it. I said, man, Jordan, Jordan's got some conviction. Here. I said, okay. I'm, t- I'm talking myself into it, dude. This is – Love it. Hey, we, when we do this, we just kind of roundtable things. We produce a lot of winners. We do. And, the, you know, I, I do my best work doing this. Like every show for like the last two months, I'm either 2-0 and or 2-1. and I haven't had a losing week, which probably means that whatever games I pick tonight are going to be losers. With the amount of money that I have invested in college football futures that we've come up with from the show, mostly, I'm I'm, I'm hoping that holds true. Oh, it has to, dude. I told you last, <laughs> last year on the show, I gave out, I had three, I had three for sure fire futures, and I hit all three of them, and one yep. of them was an eight to one, which was Caleb Williams to win the Heisman Trophy. That's right, and he won. It's my claim to fame. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk about this next game. Uh, D-backs versus the Twins. What's the final score of that game, AK? Is it still going on? Uh, last time I looked, it was uh, – oh, wow. Uh, here we go again. Same situation as yesterday. Got runners on the corners with two outs. In the bottom of the – top of the ninth? Yep. Who's up to bat? Marte. And he's 0 for 4. He's due for it. He's yeah, we just stole second. Dang, the Twins are pitching dirt. I swear to God, dude, Duran's uh, arm is going to fall off, dude. It was like what the Rids were doing to Alexis Diaz for a while. Yeah, well, they haven't been able to use him a lot because they're either blowing teams out or getting blown out. It's been uh, – Yeah, it was what, when they kind of got hot there for a while and the season started turning around. You remember we <laughs> they pitched them like six straight games. Dude, it's insanity. I mean, and then he started pitching bad. I remember in that Houston series, he uh, blew yep. t- blew a couple saves. That's why, you, man, these managers they got to be like Brandon Hyde. Like Brandon Hyde will literally rest Bautista like three straight days. Wow, we got a full count here, Jordan. Oh, the Padres just scored on a wild pitch. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Um, Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, whoever's watching, me and Jordan are uh, kind of just enjoying sweating out some vets. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm kind of on vacation mode, and and I'll be completely honest, I've kind of been on vacation mode all week. So uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm counting down the minutes before I go on vacation tomorrow. So. Love it. You got it. You... Uh, Marte struck out. Wow. The, the Diamondbacks just can't get it going, man. But I'll tell you this. They just can't get the hit, like that one hit, right, that, that one – that one hit that you need, they just cannot find it right now. And I, and I don't hit. know what the cure is. Dude, maybe they should call up uh, – who do they got down in AAA right now? I know Jordan Lawler is not down there. They need to bring Paven Smith back up. Yeah, I like Paven Smith, yeah. He doesn't hit for average, but he always gets those timely hits, dude. Uh, you got Dominic Fletcher. I like him. You know, he's batting leadoff down in AAA. Uh, you got Paven Smith. I mean – there's some guys down there that can hit the ball. Like, that's the thing about the Diamondbacks that we talked about before the season. The Diamondbacks have a lot of young talent in that org- Excuse me, in that organization. Yep. Agreed. Like, Reno's playing great ball this year. Trust me, I've, I've, I've played the Rivercats like a billion nights in a row playing against them. So, uh, <laughs> ask me how I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. 
All right, so tomorrow we got um, Rockies finished it off too. Let's go. Nice, good old uh, Chris flexing, huh? Hey, he pitched well tonight, man. He's do he's gonna get shelled his next team. All right, so for tomorrow for the Twins and Diamondbacks, we have Ryan Nelson versus Kenta Maeda. Maeda's actually been really good lately. Um, right now I'm seeing uh, we got Twins minus a dollar fifty eight. Diamondbacks plus a dollar forty-five. You ready to take the Diamondbacks again or what? You know, I'm sitting here thinking about it. Like I, I'm, I'm sitting, <laughs> like as you're saying that, I'm like trying to find the words that I want to say about how much do I want to back this Diamondbacks team again? Because here's the thing: there's going to be positive regression again, right? Yeah. How many times do we see a team start off a little slow during the season and then they catch fire? And then they taper back off again down the stretch, right? Yep. There's also a second side of that story. There's plenty of teams that come out the gate hot. They get cold through the dog days, you know, July. And 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 then here we go. It just takes like that one or two games in a row where like, okay, their confidence is back, their energy's back, and they're ready to swing the bat, right? And, and that's all it takes. Here's the problem. As you mentioned – uh, and I never say his name right. Maeda, he's been better, yep. right? He struggled kind of early on the season. He's got some positive. He's had some positive progression coming. Um, and, and this Twins team, man, is <laughs> that's another team that I have yet to figure out this year. And I and I struggle to figure them out since the beginning of the season. Like you know, Buxton's still kind of banged up. You know, they're going to throw Duran's arm out before we reach September first. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it. it and what do the Twins do really well? They got a pretty good starting lineup. I mean, rotation, rotation, right? Pretty yeah, good yeah. pitching. Yep, yep. Duran's a pretty good closer, right? Um, you know, so they pitch well. But I, the only way I can look at this game, Jordan, and you might feel otherwise, is the Diamondbacks are going to win a game again. I promise. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they're due. Uh, I mean, that's one thing that is for certain, dude. Just like that guy on Twitter that fades the Orioles every day. It's like, you know, eventually he's going to win a game. <laughs> and he's going to say, see, I told you so. And it's like, yeah, dude, if you yeah, that, fade him every day, you're going to That's like your arch rival. Like, it's like it's like awesome. It's like, I can't, I can't wait for Jordan to retweet this. Like, I, I almost just, like, want you to, like, bot it just so you can, like, retweet it every time he tweets something about the Orioles. <laughs> uh, dude, it's, it's comedy, bro. Like. <laughs> and this guy, he charges people for his picks, which is even more comedy. And now, now people are catching on. They're like, every day is play of the day is like whoever's playing the Orioles. Like yesterday, he laid minus a dollar sixty against the Orioles, and they fucking won. It's like, bro, sometime you just gotta hang it up, dude. You just gotta gotta put your bias aside. You know, I know he doesn't like them. He's a Nationals fan for some reason. Bless Nationals hard for some reason. Why do Nationals fans hate or the Orioles? AK. Well, it's 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 uh, it's like just close proximity, I think, and and you know I, I'm here not too far from either of them, and I'm not a fan of either of them, but I, hey, I love going to Baltimore, uh, hanging out at Pickles, one of my favorite bars on the East Coast, besides Vortex in Atlanta. Um, I never really understood that rivalry, like you know, I just never understood it. Like I went to an Orioles and Nationals game in Baltimore, and. Baltimore fans like didn't care less about the Nationals, but Nationals fans were like talking hella shit, and everyone's like, oh, "Whatever, dude." <laughs> like, yep, just don't get it. Um, so Ryan Nelson, Kenta Maeda, 
Ryan Nelson, he's been kind of up and down. Um, he gave up five earned against St. Louis, but then came back against the Giants, went six and two-thirds, only gave up two earned. He has a 4.84 ERA with a 5.27 XFIP and a 5.28 Sierra. He uh, has a very low K percentage, too, 14%. He has a 294 BABIP, so that should regress a little bit. 1.39 whip, though. He does allow some base runners. What's crazy about Ryan Nelson, like, he has the craziest home and away splits, like, that you'll ever see in a pitcher. Home, he's got a 2-4 two and, two and four record, 8.01 ERA. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're on the road. He's 4-1. He's pitched almost double the innings that he's pitched at home. He's got a 2.67 ERA away. So he definitely pitches better on the road than he does at home. Yeah, and it's not Um, like he faces bad teams on the road either. It's like Giants, Braves. mm -hmm. Braves, he went seven innings, only gave up two earned. Against Toronto, he went five and two-thirds, only gave up one earned. Against the Angels, went seven and a third, gave up one earned. I mean, he's pitched really well against uh, on the road against good teams. Yep. This might be the spot, A.K., yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's no I way Duran pitches tomorrow either. Zero. There's no chance. way. There's no way. He pitched last night and he pitched tonight, and last night he pitched like thirty pitches too. Yep. Almost gave it up actually, just like he did tonight. Yep. So there's zero chance he pitches. I mean, I say that all the time, and then fucking these managers trot these dudes out there again. So <laughs> who knows? But I I would really doubt it. Did Gavin Jacks pitch tonight too? Because he pitched that last I night. Yeah, I know he well. pitched. I know he pitched yesterday. Let's see here. No, no, he didn't. So he'll he'll probably be their closer tomorrow. Last time he tried to close a game, he gave up a fucking two run shot to Colton fucking Wong. Yep. Who, who doesn't even have a team right now? He got DFA'd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm kind of like I'm kind of talking myself into the. To the D backs here, dude. I know they've been bad, bro, but I mean on the on the same token, it's not like Minnesota be raking either. Although they do have a one twenty three WRC plus against right handed pitching, two ten ISO in the last thirty days. And over the course of the season, one oh eight WRC plus one eighty two ISO. I mean they definitely hit righties, but let's see how he pitches the lefties. And Ryan Nelson's actually better against lefties than he. Uh, nah, he's basically the same against lefties and righties. It's it's about wash. Yeah. Yep. Interesting stuff here. This is a tough one, man. Because like you said, that those home road splits. I mean, we have enough sample size throughout the course of the year. Like that's pretty legit. Oh yeah, I mean he's pitched eighty innings on the road and fifty at home. That you know. It's a good sample size. Who did the Diamondbacks pitch in their bullpen today? Just Castro, Mago, and and um, that's pretty much it. Dude, Seawald hasn't even pitched a game for them yet. Nope. He definitely is pitching tomorrow, regardless if they win or lose, because they have to get him work. There's no way that he yeah. can go like a week without pitching. He'll he'll pitch. He'll be available. Gilbert will be available. Like some of their better. You know, bullpen guys, which it's crazy to say, but the Diamondbacks have actually started putting together a decent bullpen. Yep. We talked about it earlier about the pitching's too. been better, right? So, um, you know, they're better guys. Like, like uh, Ginkle will be available tomorrow. 
all those guys will be available. And on the flip side, Kenta Maeda's home road splits, 645 ERA on at home, 316 ERA on the road. Yeah, I think this is a – I mean, <laughs> we've been saying this, but if you're looking at the spot alone, it sets up well for the Diamondbacks. Very well, actually, Jordan. Yeah, this definitely might be the D-backs play here. They're plus 145 right now. I think that number is going to get bet down. I I would bet this line closes at plus one. It's going to move at least 15 cents. Yep. Shoot, you can still find the run line out there, plus one and a half. For like at like minus one forty, if you can stand a little juice, yeah, that's not even a bad play either. Because you know the Twins aren't going to blow anyone out; they play close games all the time. Yep, and especially with Jax, if he's going to be the the guy in the hot leverage situation, you always got a shot. Yep, and they got rid of Jorge Lopez too. They traded him for fucking yep. uh, what's his name from Miami, uh, Dylan Floro, who is uh, yep. not having a very good year either. So. Traded one guy not having a good year for another guy not having a good year. All right, let's just uh, let's cruise through this game real quick because this game's going on right now too. Uh, the Mariners and Angels seven to five right now. Mariners are winning. Tomorrow we got Kirby versus uh, Tyler Anderson on the bump. Right now I'm seeing this game about minus one thirty. Yeah, dollar thirty, dollar thirty two to Seattle plus a dollar twenty one for for uh, the Angels. Now, one thing we used to be able to do pretty uh, frequently was anytime the Mariners were facing a lefty, you could just, like, automatically fade them because they couldn't hit lefties. Well, those days are long gone because the Mariners have actually been hitting lefties recently a little better. And we talked a little off-air, Jordan, about the Mariners. The Mariners were a team I was was very high on coming into the season. I actually have – uh, bet on them to win the division. I have a bet on them to win the AL, and I even have a small bet on them to win the World Series. So um, that shows you how high I was on them, uh, you know, coming to the season. Uh, they're hot right now, man. They've come kind of hit the reset button after the All-Star break, came out, and like you said, swinging the bats well, finding ways to win games. Um, you know, I know they went up early today and, and showed some resilience, but they showed some resilience in games they went down came back in, um, and that team's hot right now. I I think a lot of the Mariners, I love George Kirby. Obviously, to really truly cap a game, you have to see what all happens in in today's game, you know, as far as uh, especially bullpen usage, uh, how the game plays out, things like that. But, uh, you know, George Kirby has been a bet on, uh, what, since last year. So is Logan Gilbert, um, and and we talked off air, but I think the Mariners might make the playoffs, man. They may have a chance to get in, and what do they say? You just got to get in, right? Got to get in. Yep. <clears throat> they, they have the pitching to do it. I mean, they're only three games back of the final wild card. Toronto's ahead of them. Toronto lost Bo Bichette. We don't know how long he's going to be out for, um, and that's a huge blow. Plus, they're not pitching as well. Gaussman hasn't been pitching as well. Manoa, obviously, he's not back. Um so, and then you got Boston ahead of you as well. And Boston, you know, they're such a streaky team, AK. It's it's insane. Like, they'll win six in a row, and then they'll lose six in a row. Like, that's just how they've been all year. They're coming off two straight losses right now. Uh, three straight, actually. Toronto won tonight, right? They did, yep. <clears throat> so, three straight losses. Manoa actually pitched well, man. Yep, he did. And for some reason, Toronto loves playing well in Boston. 
Like, they always yep. play well in Boston. And then you got Houston and Tampa ahead of you. Tampa, you know, they're they're really far up. I don't know if you have a chance of catching them, but, you know, Houston's in your division. You still, I think they still have, like, four or five games left against Houston this year, so maybe six games. So, you know, there's always that chance that they could definitely make the playoffs, man, and they got the, like I said, they got the pitching staff to do it. They just got to swing the sticks, but, you know, if they and win. the bats have come around. They really have. We've seen, especially since the All-Star break. Yeah. <clears throat> if they win tonight, I don't know if I would play them tomorrow just because they they would be coming off two straight two straight wins against Atlanta or the Angels and then they would be coming off three straight wins overall. Their bullpen is a little taxed, but so is the Angels. The Angels bullpen's pretty bad too. The way I might look at playing that game is maybe playing the first five under or first five side, but you're gonna be paying some heavy juice with Kirby. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really like doing that on the road. It'd be like it would be like minus one fifty for Kirby first five. I'm not I'm not too and, sure about that. And I'm the maniac that isn't afraid to back a team that's lost five games straight, but doesn't like backing a team that's won three games in a row. What a lunatic! <laughs> I mean, dude, the the team has to win a game at some point. Once they start losing that many, you know, it's like it's got to <laughs> it's got to come back around. I mean that's how it was with. Tampa, I like George dude. Kirby though, man, I, and I and I have for two years now. Yeah, Kirby's nice. He's probably their best pitcher to be if we're being completely honest. You know, I agree. Stuff yep. wise and everything. So I, that's kind of my thoughts. I don't have an official play on the M's Halos. I'm looking at the first five under. That that's probably the way I would attack it. But I think I definitely talked myself into the Cubs money line, which is probably not the right idea because <laughs> getting in front of that Braves team. But I do like that spot. I think that's a good spot. And then I also like – I do like the D-backs tomorrow too. I do as well. I think that's a good spot. Two pitchers with reverse splits. Ryan Nelson. What could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> I, I just really do like <clears> – <throat> Yeah, they call it they like you know we always talk about the buy sign right or, or what's telling you to 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 buy the D-backs being in the game in the bottom I mean well top of the ninth then in the last few games yeah they just need that hit that hit is coming right it's it, it's coming and then I feel like once they once that hit comes they're gonna like rattle off like eight of nine right or eight of eleven. Like they're just gonna they're just gonna have that confidence again, man. You played baseball just like I did. You have to have confidence going up to the mound. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, Mickey Mantle or or Ty Cobb, right? Yeah. You gotta have or or uh, a JV uh, baseball coach that didn't play past middle school. You gotta have confidence every time you step up to the plate. And I just don't think D backs have it right now. But they've been in games. They've been in every single one of their games. Yep, it's like they're getting blown out. At all. Nope. And they're a hit away from, from rattling off five or six. Yep. <clears throat> I mean, they, uh, yeah, they very well could have won those games. They were literally like coin flip type games. So, yep. I just, I think that's a good spot for for Arizona tomorrow, dude. Given the fact that Duran's definitely not going to pitch and, you know, just think it's a very good spot for them. Um, Before we get out of here, I did want to ask you about, about your Cincinnati Reds, too. Yeah, so uh, uh, <laughs> scuffling. Uh, another team that kind of lives and dies by pitching, right? Um, they they've found ways to win games. They found ways to lose games. Alexis Diaz 
tonight, actually. Um, did you watch any of that game, Jordan? I didn't. He blew the game. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Alexis Diaz comes in there and they bring Diaz in in the ninth, but then they keep him in in the top of the tenth. And uh, yeah, he gets rocked by the, by the Nationals. The Nationals are hot right now, dude. So are the Kansas City yeah, Royals. The Royals are too. Yeah, the, um, just beat beat just beat the Philadelphia Phillies tonight too. I think that's seven in a row for the for the Kansas City Royals. Royals are another team with uh, Wit and, and and those guys that I know. I know it wasn't this year, and they've been awful this year. But that was another team that had an uptick in them, and, and we're seeing it now. Yeah, they're well. They're starting pitching, kind of fucking held them back a little bit. But yeah, I, th- I think it's interesting. We talked about this around the All Star break too. Is that like? The second half of the year, you kind of want to look at those teams that are going to be dogs because they can they'll they'll upset a lot of teams, right? The Royals and the Nationals are two of those teams that are very similar to the Diamondbacks last year and uh, and in the, and the, and the Orioles, right? Where they were two young teams that they didn't care, they didn't know any better, they were just going out there and playing baseball and having fun. That's those they were fighting teams. for their jobs. Yep. If anything, they're fighting for next year. You talk about playing up or, or getting up or, or however you want to, whatever you want to call it. I call it getting up. You want to talk about team. It's that young team that says, man, I want to play next year, right? I, yep. I want a job next year. I want a starting job next year. Um, whether it's for the team I'm playing for or just a team, I want the opportunity. And uh, coming out here swinging the bat in August and September, you, you know, <laughs> the teams that had the high expectations coming into the season – They've, they've, the Cardinals tonight, right? Mets. The Mets, the White Sox. Well, the White Sox may be a uh, – eh, don't get me started on that subject. But <laughs> they had some expectations coming into the season, right? And and for lack of a better word, they kind of give up, right? Or, 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 or do they give a shit about coming out and playing the Washington Nationals they on don't. a Friday night? They don't. And, and on the same note, you know, like – the Kansas City Royals of the world and the Nationals, they're probably looking at these teams like, hey, we're not going to make the playoffs. Let's take them out of the playoffs. You know, like, sure. that's their playoff-type atmosphere. Before we finish this segment, Jordan, I'll give you one more uh, little plug there. The Pittsburgh Pirates are another one. Yep. Yep. Pirates, even though they got they, fucking mollywop last night. <laughs> yeah, they come back tonight and beat the beat the Brewers, basically with their AAA guys, yep. with four guys that were in AAA uh, like I was betting on them like two months ago. Yep. Now they these young guys, these young teams are going to be calling up their their young guys now that they're out of the race and just just to see what they have for next year. You know what I mean? That's to your point. These guys want to show that they belong at the national at the major league level. So it's definitely yeah. I was just like blindly betting the Indianapolis Indians for a while, and now now you can't do it because these guys are all starting for the Pittsburgh Pirates every day now. Yeah, that's not good. Did they call up Tamar? Uh, no, they haven't yet. No, did they move him up to AAA? Uh, you know, actually, I haven't paid attention. Oh my god, the Angels just tied it again. Oh, uh, who? What did somebody hit a home run? Yeah, Mickey Moniak. That's another guy that just seems to get the hit. Like if the Diamondbacks could get that random hit for Mickey Moniak, right? It feels like he just always puts the hit in. I mean, he's a former number one overall pick, so he's finally coming. He's not on Triple A yet, Jordan. He'll probably get called up here soon. 
But yeah, the Pittsburgh Pirates literally have like four guys that were on the. Uh, actually, their pitcher tonight was pitching for the Indianapolis Indians for a while. He actually looked decent. Yes, he did. Dang, I can't believe. And the Brewers are another team that I can't figure out. Like, like they win games I don't think they're supposed to, and then they lose games that I don't think they're supposed to. Like, they're very Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde, yep. And you never know what bats you're going to get. Some days those bats just come in alive, and next day it just seemed like they just couldn't care at all. Yep, 100% agree, 100%. All right, let's get uh, – do you have any best bets for tomorrow yet? Yeah, Jordan. I, uh, I, I, just going back to the well here, uh, a team that I, I know who they are and what they can be. They just got to remember that. Um, Ryan Nelson's been pitching well on the road all season. Um, almost 80 innings pitched. It's pitched well on the road. And at the end of the day, I still don't think the Twins are that good of a team. I think the Diamondbacks start getting this hit. They've been in every game that they've lost this week. Um, I, I, I love the Diamondbacks plus one and a half tomorrow. Yep. We're going to make it a squad ride because I like the Diamondbacks too. I think it's a I think it's a great spot for the Diamondbacks tomorrow. So Diamondbacks squad ride, let's go. Thank you everybody for hanging out with us. Um man, thanks for joining us. Thank you for always coming on. We really appreciate y'all. AK, thank you for coming on, man. Love talking baseball with you. It's always a always a fun time. Uh I'll be back on Sunday with Big Ball and Ben Larson and Irvin Watch Swerving Irvin. Hopefully, AK will be joining us next Wednesday from South Carolina. For the Pac-12, the final Pac-12 preview. Rest in peace to the Pac-12, man. Uh, so, but if he can't join us, that's okay. He'll probably be enjoying, you know, some drinks and uh, whatnot in South Carolina, man. So, oh, I plan on drinking a lot of Vivas. Actually, got my Viva shirt on tonight, so I will be smashing some Vivas. Nice. Um, and hopefully, we're all smashing the River Cats here. Uh, bottom of the fifth, we're up four to one. Jordan playing well, so. Need to finish that one off tonight, too, and that would be a uh, a 4-0 day in AAA. So. Let's go, man. Let's go. I love it. AK, have fun on your vacation, brother. For, for Aaron Kidd, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. We'll catch you all later. Peace. Have a good weekend.